Also, would it be would it screw up the podcast? Uh, I'm liking your podcast voice, and I'm a little jealous. Can I can I do it too? Would that would that screw things up? No, I think I say go for it. Okay, cool. Hey guys, uh, I was talking Welcome to Bundle Buddies. This is the podcast where we play through the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. My name is Alex Hannes. And my name is Eric Taylor Roth. The itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality was launched in June 2020 during the massive outcry for racial justice following George Floyd's murder by police. It has 1,741 items from 840 plus creators and it raised over $8 million. All proceeds were donated to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, as well as the Community Bail Fund. This is episode 35, and we have played 98 of the 1,365 games oh, in the we're bundle. we're getting close to the centennial. It's the, the centennial, big, the big one. Week, the big uh, celebrazione. It's crazy. So we played 35, 35 episodes. We played 100 games. If we make it to, or rather when we make it to 100 episodes, because we are 100% finishing this project, no questions asked, <laughs> how many games will we have played? Uh, it's times three, so it'll be like 300. Fuck. Good job. <laughs> um, Sorry, was that... Well, speaking of uh, incredible milestones, itch.io is in the freaking news, folks. Yeah, well, um, you, uh, so in next week's episode, we kind of touch a little bit on it, uh, and I reveal that I don't really know what's going on. So why don't you, why don't <laughs> you kinda... yeah, I had to sort of school you in front of our friends. Yeah, and I felt, I felt shame. I didn't feel shame. I, 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 anyway, you, uh, why don't you, why don't you kind of break down sort of what's happening? So right now, uh, Epic Games is suing and being countersued by Apple because they are basically alleging that uh, Apple is like banning them or like has all these restrictions for their app and shit like that. And it's like anti-competitive or something stuff. I don't actually know a ton about what the lawsuit's about. I probably should have done a little bit more research, um, even though I totally schooled Eric. But yeah, I did even in- less. I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. Which just goes to show <laughs> I read, like, how Twitter great this podcast thread. is. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we did the bare minimum. But, <laughs> but you know in, what? in court the other day, uh, Apple was like, and itch carries, or an Epic in their app store carries an app that is itself uh, like app store that has such despicable content in it. It has perverted awful content that we can't even mention here it's so profane and they're talking about fucking itch.io it's, it's the weirdest so crazy it's thing like, i mean it was it was and it's crazy because it was gunducky industries that they were talking yeah. about <laughs> it was <laughs> this game is so obscenely difficult potato thriller they were like it hurts my brain i mean that's the you know it's the it 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 seems to be anytime you have a platform that is kind of user 
run and has is pretty free speech oriented you're gonna get um you know the whole the whole range of kind of but i i actually think it's it goes a little further than that because it it what bums me out about it so much is that their itch as a community is known for being incredibly welcoming and supportive absolutely and you know queer friendly yeah. Uh, you know, you know, I mean, fuck, they did a whole bundle about racial justice and equality for Christ's sakes. This yeah. is not the place where you go to get like white power, you know, Trump video games and shit like that. That, Ooh, that stuff's right. all on steam. You know what I mean? I mean, there might be some of that on itch, but it's certainly not a vocal part of the community. It's like a small community of people who love making games and are like cool with everybody. It's a hundred percent just a disingenuous tactic. Completely, it's like it's such lawyer. moral grandstanding. It's it's like the fucking nineties, and there's some politician or some shit like oh, the, you know the pearl clutching going on. It's really Maybe disappointing. Should, uh, yeah, I it's obviously it's stupid, but it it also makes me want to like push it and and do an episode of just like porny games to. <laughs> To really stick it to Apple. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, we we've played such just so, like so many delightful categories, and you're right, and and people are very open, and and it's a space to explore, you know, complicated emotions and and uh, and identities, and um, you know, I, I I know that I've been negative on this um, podcast about you know certain games that we played just because I, I found them not fun, but that's like you know the most like i have come over the past year to to really really respect um the the entity that is itch.io because it is this sort of user created and um upheld uh you know site of of people who just want to make indie games and it's like yeah, to, to it's watch such it a lovely like, and important thing, and to yeah, watch to its have, name get dragged through the mud is yeah, such a and, have, and and it, it's for like a type of it's for like probably just like half titillating video games, right? Like obviously it's disingenuous, but like if they're pointing at like you know these porny games, right? Like even you and I have you know we've played a hundred and and we like I haven't seen like a dick or a tit yet, you know what I mean? All right, like, just such such bullshit, actually. Dude, fuck that. fuck that. You know, shit. that's the worst part is that Apple's not even right. You know, I wish there was more sort of porno- pornographic games in here. Oh, I bet that our our guests this week really wish that there were some porny. Mike games. explicitly talks about that. We talk about it a little bit in here about how he just wishes that there was more horniness in the games. So um, this this is an interesting episode, Alex. This is. We are without you in this episode. You have no idea what's about to play. I really don't. I, I wasn't there. I invited Mike to be the guest and then couldn't do the episode. Yeah, it's our good friend Mike Classic, who's a wonderful writer and comedian based here in Los Angeles, another friend of ours from chicago he is probably best known to us as just like one of the most daring writers and artists that i know in terms of what he would push himself to do on stage and like how outside of his comfort zone he would get to create like really moving and wonderful stuff Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. he's he's an extremely talented guy uh yeah, I'm and... still. I still. I. I was. I. I was. I, we used to do a game show together, uh, where it was about. You know, he. He made. I'm a vegetarian, and he did a game where people were stacking meat on our heads. So, like, you know, there's a little bit of push and pull, all in good fun, uh, and I really wanted him once to, 
to have as the winnings uh, to take out all of his money from his savings account <laughs> put that on stage <laughs> and have the that's contestants so... play for that and he was like that's so funny. i love that idea and it makes me so uncomfortable and we're never gonna do it <laughs> that's so funny uh but someday someday I, I want to do that game show where mike takes out all of his savings account and puts it on stage and says we're playing for for that I love, well, I think it would be really funny if, I don't think you could play for it. This is when I get into like creative director pitch mode right here. Cause I hear <laughs> that idea and I want to shave it off a little bit because I bet with Mike specifically, if you could create a context in which it's possible that no one would win that money, then well, I bet he would do it because yeah. it's like, if there's, if it's like you could win it, it's, it's maybe not going to happen. It's kind of rare that this would, but it could, there could be a situation where this would happen then I think he'd be much more willing to let something like that. I know, happen. but I really wanted for like the end of the show, like the final moment of the show for him to be like, you've won this, but like, it's literally all that I have. Can I please keep it? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny too. That's really funny. Um, let's... What we have here is a really interesting, different approach to sketch comedy. You're creating this thing that is conceptually amazing and will lead to a very good moment. And I'm trying to create as much tension as possible to, to raise the stakes and titillate the audience. Oh, my God. Uh, let's talk about the I, I can't wait to hear this episode. So yeah, it's going to be great. The cause this week is the uh Jovenis House or Hovenis House, uh, a home and family for those without. Hovenis helps youth ages 18 to 25 end their cycle of homelessness. Located in Boyle Heights and serving communities throughout Southeast LA County, Hovenis works deeply with our youth, focusing on not only their needs for housing, but also healthcare, education, employment, and trauma recovery. A wonderful cause. Thank you for highlighting that, Mike. Uh, follow them on Twitter at Hovenis, H, uh, H, at Hovenis. J-O-V-E-N-E-S or at jovenisinc.org. Uh, we've donated we've, them. If you yeah. donate and send proof to bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com, we'll shout you out on the show. Um, let's get into this one. I don't know. Let's get into it. I don't know what's going to happen. You, you're, you're not going to hear my voice, dear listener, for the next hour. And I know that that's why you tune in, but, but get these guys... The, I mean, we gotta we gotta give it up for Brian B and Cardi for stepping in and being. Oh my God! Yes, our our, our co-host this week, and he's wonderful. Uh, so first first guest, and not the last. Thank you, Brian, for co-hosting in my stead. I'll see y'all on the other side. But let me start it officially. Uh, okay. Yeah. Brian and Michael, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hello. Uh, Brian is a return guest. He was guest number one, episode number two of Bundle mm. Buddies. Um, and we're joined today by our good friend, Michael Classic. Um, to sort of, we're, we're without Eric this week. Eric was on a vacation um, and couldn't be bothered to, to bring his microphone with him to, to record something yeah which is, i'll no, say that's eric. and not to pull the curtain back too far it was an ordeal you know what i mean eric going away <laughs> really threw a wrench in our Yeesh. plans our recordings uh we are recording this on a monday which technically we could have chosen the time that eric could have joined us because i completely biffed it yesterday and hadn't played the games by the time <laughs> we were supposed to record um and I so, honestly, um, I think that's the best way to have played these games is to barely plan <laughs> this, this week. I think that was the, you did it right, to be honest. 
<laughs> I personally liked setting the expectation that I was like, oh, I might need to like two or three hours to play these. And then like 25 minutes later, I was like, yeah, I don't want to touch these. Uh, this I'm good, I think. Um, well, Mike, usually we start out the podcast by getting someone's sort of like backstory with their with their sort of like, wh- what's your history with video games and computer games in general? Like, what did you play when you were growing up? What are your favorite kind of games? Let's get into it a little bit. Let's mix it up. Sure. So, and if uh, you two uh, stream together for a long time, so if you want to pepper that with some SoundCloud rap information or, or anything like that, you, you're <laughs> yes. more than welcome to. Oh, Brian is off. so pissed off. He doesn't want to. Talk, it, he doesn't want to talk about this shit like, ever again. <laughs> I am, you know, if if it gets brought up, I'm like, you know, hey. <laughs> um. Okay. So I, it's weird. I I feel. I was thinking about it. I play a lot of video games, but I don't really consider mm. myself a video game guy. If you were to ask me like, oh, I don't know any of that shit. But if you were to ask me my opinion on a lot of games, I guess I've played a lot of games, but it's not like a part of my life. I don't really play video games week to week. And the only reason I've been playing them recently is because we're in the we're in a pandemic and I have a ton of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that was a big thing, you know, at the start of the pandemic last year being like, you know what? I'm finally going to get caught up and I'm going to play these cool games everybody's been talking about. So I got Red Dead Redemption, mm. Last of Us 2, mm. Spider-Man. And then I'll be honest, all of those games psychologically mm. fucked me up to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to play Animal Crossing for 10 months. <laughs> this is too fucking brutal for me. So Red Dead Redemption 2, two thirds of the way through the game, your character gets diagnosed with a mysterious illness that there is no cure for, you know? And that's just part of it. Spider-Man a third of the way through the game gets evicted from his apartment because he can't pay rent is kind of directly responsible for Miles Morales, dad dying. And the, the bad guy is (laughs) going to unleash a global pandemic. So it's just truly, Oh my God, the most triggering (laughs) shit ever. And then, Last of Us Two is is just uh, designed pretty dark to, stuff. Yeah, yeah designed exactly. to manipulate you at every single. Did turn. you play Last of Us One? No. So all of the criticism that everybody had <laughs> missed me completely. I had no, I had no allegiance to anyone. <laughs> I played Last of Us One about a quarter of the way through, and then was sort of like, "All right, I get it. I'm scared a lot playing this game." <laughs> Like it's it's making me nervous as hell. This is fun. I'm gonna stop. I got to a place that just felt like it was in Boston. Is as far as I got, and like in that part of it, you're like busting into a state house or something like that, and they're just buco bad guys that are blowing you up every chance they get. And I I was like, no, I don't need to do this. This is making me too anxious. I, is is does this happen in The Last of Us One? Because in Last of Us Two, the it's it's largely a stealth game, which are the kind of games I like, where you're sneaking around, you're trying to kill people, but they really make the stealth kills as brutal as possible. I think to make you feel <laughs> bad for killing people, and so you're mm-hmm. listening to guys beg for their lives and like drown in their own blood and stuff like that. I don't know if Last of Us One did that, but Last of Us Two, it got to the point where I was like sneaking through some construction site being like i have to kill this guy and i don't want to do this and then the cutscene the character's like fuck yeah i'm gonna kill everybody and i was like hey i think this is bad i think we should stop and there's 10 more hours of this game left and i don't want to keep doing this i saw a really interesting piece of game criticism about that game where it's like the the whole 
idea behind it is that like you're you're being sort of like punished explicitly for playing this game like the like if you want to play it super gory or something like that but like the game makes you do it anyways and that's like horribly unfair it's just like you have no choice but to be such a horrible terrible bastard so like why are we why are we doing it then if the commentary is that this is so terrible like let's just not do it you know like we all know how bad this is yeah i mean yeah 100 percent. and <laughs> it really that is the whole point of the game you get to the very end and the character basically has the epiphany of like why have i been doing this and i was like i I don't know. I this this sucks. <laughs> this feels psychologically bad. And then I went to a family barbecue right after, and I looked. Oh my god! It was ghost pale, and my cousin was like, "What happened?" I was like, "I, I played a video game. Like, I truly was on the verge of tears." <laughs> and I I fully explained the game to them, and they're like, "Why did you play this?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know why I did this." <laughs> um yeah it's brutal right brian have you played any of those games i haven't i i don't know if i've played any of those except for animal crossing i did play quite a bit of animal crossing i generally stay away from like third person like stealth story i mean the only ones that i have really because to me it's like it still has to be like enjoyable from a gameplay standpoint like i just don't there's nothing interesting to me about like walking around and like sneaking as like a third where it's like okay so i have to hit the like i have to push in on my left thumbstick and then i have to walk like that and then i have to like <laughs> you know it's just there's so many elements of it to where i'm like i i've been playing breath of the wild recently and i'm like putting off beating it because i don't want to beat it and it's well, like why don't you want to beat barely, it you don't want to be done with it I, yeah i just don't want it to be over so i'm like ugh, you know oh that's so nice though it's that's the thing i'm like i'm not done with it. but it's like even Zelda, it like dabbles with that a little bit at times. And I'm totally. like, this just barely gets away with it for me. And like the exploration is enough to like kind of smooth over some of those details for me. But yeah, like the even like Red Dead or anything, I get why they're fun and like watching people play it. I'm like, yeah, this is I, I get why like it's enjoyable for people. But for me, I'm just like, I just don't. Yeah, I don't I, I didn't play like a ton of those games growing like i'm trying to even think of like what the first big one of those games i feel like was. there's a lot of aspects of gta in those games yeah you know? yeah like, like gta or like hitman or you know yeah hitman's a great example hitman like, be Metal Gear the hitman Solid was the big one for me yeah growing up. oh yes 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 but even that was like those would be like fixed camera ang- or like i don't know if they'd have fixed camera angles all the time but it'd be like the way the camera angles also were it's yeah, I don't know. There, there's just something about it where I'm like, they were kind of like my brother's games. Like my older brother would play like those kinds of games, and I'd be playing like JRPGs. Yeah, yeah, like JRPGs. <laughs> Even though that's totally flipped now. Now he plays all of the JRPGs, and I'm like, I couldn't. I don't know if I could ever touch a JRPG again. Totally. That's so funny. <laughs> Mike, did you ever play the Witcher games? No, Eric really made a pretty convincing pitch as to why I should pick him up where it sounds like all the stuff I like. Plus apparently there's just a ton of sex in the games. Yeah. I think you would really, I think really crazy. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Yes. I mean, that's the there thing are... that, that was the other thing that surprised the hell out of me. There's a full on sex scene in the last of us too. And I was like, 
video games do people make the video game characters have sex for real now that's crazy video games be sexy oh my goodness well i just remember that was such a vital part of me being a team you know when you were playing tomb raider right there was that totally code with like honestly dude if you put this code in tomb raider's naked in the game which was a lie but i remember that as a <laughs> as a little curved kid i was like holy shit this is insane but now they this do that shit for real cool. in games that's yeah, crazy totally, totally. That is so funny. It blows my mind sometimes when I'm scrolling through like my Steam. Do you ever go in your Steam uh browse? This is for Alec. I yeah, Mike, I don't know if you have Steam also, but like I do, but they'll I do like yeah. they have like a recommended queue and sometimes I'll like scroll through it. And because I played like 15 hours of Cyberpunk, like one out of like ten games will be like some sex simulator game. And I'm like, what is what is this? <laughs> Who is playing this? And obviously a lot of people are. Oh, yeah. Oh, what gotta be that, a lot of uh, God, I forget the name of that. Oh, it's like I dated a, my girlfriend's a mermaid or something. Something like that. But there was this game that I was obsessed with, again, as just a total perv when I was a kid. But the whole point of the game is it was kind of like a Leisure Suit Larry type of game, but it was updated with, with you know, a little bit more of that Deadpool humor. So you're just a guy at a party. <laughs> oh, wow. You're this, this sounds like my shit. You're a guy named Jake, and basically you're at a party, and you're just trying to have sex with the people at the party is the whole point of the game. And so, like, again, it would just, to, to see animate, really terrible Flash animation nudity and implied sex it's like truly the craziest shit ever but I, i'm here to tell you 16 year old mike was in and down and apparently that's kind of what oh, the witcher does sure. too so yeah uh, you know i might ask witcher is witcher is easily one of the horniest games i've ever played <laughs> it's like it's a it's a very fun game it's it's sort of like you're kind of like a batman-esque detective that's like solving th like monster things and hunting people down it's fucking fun man it's i, I played that while i was a uh, creative director at io i put a lot of hours in when i was at home like trying to avoid thinking bad thoughts and things like yeah, that people are um, like hey could my herald team do two nights <laughs> like the reckoning used to and then you're like ah, i'm playing the witcher i don't give a shit <laughs> Hey man, I'm so sorry, but I have to track track down this Griffin before I can get to the next world. So, we played a really sexy game called Whipped and Steamy uh, Cosplay Ooh. Cafe. You can actually play it for free on itch.io, um, and it's a management sim where you are running a cosplay cafe and you have to like uh, pay money to buy different kinds of treats that will encourage different kinds of uh, cosplay types to show up and do certain mm. things. And if you do things successfully and you sort of court these people who show up uh you'll eventually get like their sort of sexy pictures from them and honestly dude um, i think ludes <laughs> yeah some of them are kind of hot i'll be honest dude a, a sexy management simulator is truly you're hitting all my kinds of games <laughs> I'm into. Like, wait i'm a i'm a doing day-to-day -day admin work for a video game and it's a little bit horny i'm in i'm in <laughs> Mike, I think you'd really enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure to uh, send you the link uh, afterwards. We should all develop um, a game to get in the bundle called Horny Simulator to just... Well, the bundle is closed at this point, but we could absolutely just create a game that we would...
be horny about. Yeah. Horny, horny Simulator 200. And you have start to, our own horny bundle. You have to seek out things that make you horny or else you die is the point of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a roguelike survival game where you have to find uh, horny things. Yeah, and they're like little die. blip icons. You have to get the little. Yeah, it sounds great. Pretty much. I mean, to me, yeah, no big deal. Uh, We're keeping it very easy and breezy here. What What was the first your first experience with video games, Mike? Where did you start? I'm trying to think. I have. uh, It was definitely Sega. It was all the Sega Genesis games. Oh sure. There, in my experience with games growing up, my mom hated them, so we didn't have anything at the house. So most of my video games growing up were going to a friend's house or you know when my dad had visitation he would take us to some random person you know like whoever's house and they always had a kid and the kid always had a sega and so the game i played the most growing up i want to say it was altered beast do you guys remember that oh game? wow i do remember oh, yeah. altered beast yes yeah we yes, pretty yes, much yes. had altered beast and then it was a huge deal when somebody got mortal Kombat, and that was like a big mm, i mean yeah. pretty topical right now but that was like a i know huge... you guys <laughs> you guys seen the new movie i did i did not like it yeah i can see that interesting I didn't watch it yet. Well, here's the thing. I'm sort of like I'm sort of like out on it. Once I found out it wasn't great, once it didn't get great reviews, I was like, eh, I don't need to watch that. Yeah, basically, the most important part of a fighting movie is they fight, right? And that right. is the least important part of this movie. Most of the movie is them talking about how they're gonna fight later, and then they do it a little bit, and then that's the whole movie. So you know, yeah. So nobody, nobody sorry, has Mortal sex. Kombat. Nobody's naked. It sucks. There's no horniness. Yeah, no, like it goes out of its way to not be horny, and that sucks too. Because I went and watched the original <laughs> one, and within truly within five minutes of it opening, it cuts to Liu Kang's house, and he's just so insanely jacked, and he's just bathed in that '90s green light, yeah. and it's raining. Yep, and it's yep. just him walking around his apartment in like his underwear, and I was like, yeah, that's what this movie should be. This. Rule. This is cool. Like I remember, ten year old Mike, cool. It was so cool. Sign me up, baby. I'm. I um. I absolutely um miss sort of just like that level of nineties bad. You know, where yeah. like it was. It was like I had no idea it was bad back then because I didn't have a frame of reference that really worked. But now you watch and you're like, oh my god, it's just so quintessentially like clearly got fucked with so much by like so many notes they tried to they also tried the very beginning of cgi and i remember when i was a kid seeing the cgi scared the shit out of it It was so scary and so realistic and i went back and watched it and they showed the little cgi reptile guy (laughs) and it looks like it was made in ms paint or so it's so it's truly so (laughs) insanely bad and then i think the only other game i fully remember playing when i was a kid was was watching my stepdad play Mist. Sure. Because for whatever reason, <laughs> the family computer was in my room. And so <laughs> my dad got super upset. My stepdad got super obsessed with Mist. And truly, I remember one night at, at like one o'clock in the morning, he like tapped on my door to be like, hey, Mike, I'm going to play Mist for a little while. So 
you keep being asleep and I'm going to just do this. And so I fully had to like put a pillow over my head because the computer glow was just fully. Oh, that's so funny. Hitting me. I I'm mean, like, that's like such it. a 90s sentence right there. It's just like my yeah, stepdad God. got, I watched my stepdad play a lot of mist is like, so that's just, oh. <laughs> he was into Speaking it to the like point where he wrote his own strategy guide. So he, oh my God, fully was into it. Have you ever tried to play it? I I did. It's 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 kind of cool. I mean, th those are the other kind of games where um, what is it? The what's that puzzle game you really like, Brian? Uh oh, Baba is you? No, it's not that one. It's the one where you're walking around that island. That's basically like Mist, and you are solving little puzzles the whole time. It's by the Braid guy, right? I think so. Is it called the what? The Witness? The Witness. I haven't played the Witness, but. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's I like games like that where you're just kind of walking around an island and it's very chill and you're solving puzzles. Those are great. Yeah, that's I've heard the witness has so many puzzles in it, right? It's like everywhere you look, there's like a little puzzle. Yes. Yeah, oh, 100. It's like littered with it. You could spend like I, I I played it a little bit once and I was like, okay, this is like I understand what's going on here and this is too much. This is too much for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could absolutely see that. Yeah, I remember when I first moved to L.A. And Brian, you kind of lived in basically that hype house. And so everyone would just kind of roll through. And you boys would always just have cool video games on the. Dude, every it's just, we would just have videos playing a cool video game, just like whatever. Yeah, it was just like pretty cool. Uh, epic pranks. Uh, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> True. That's so funny. Yeah, uh, and then there was that guy who, for whatever reason, was going through something and then punched out all your windows or something. <laughs> it was just a, truly a, a real welcome to L.A. moment. You're like, yeah, um, we had to board up all our windows because some guy came through and just like straight up punched all our windows. Oh, my God. Yeah. Were you not there for that, Brian? Um, was that after you moved out? No. I Yeah, I don't – I can't – Interesting. None of this is ringing a bell. I thought this was a bit. I was like, it's wait, not a bit. Happening? It's truly, <laughs> truly not a bit. <laughs> Brian's like, I lived in a hype house. Oh my Wait a minute. Goodness. Yeah, I was like, um, I don't think I lived in a hype house. Yeah, the house. deeper into the story <laughs> I get, the more Brian's like, wait, did I live in a hype house? Like, am I? Oh my god, these guys. Okay, this week we played order a pizza. A visual novel, Palm Simulator, and a Barrel Roll. Uh, why don't we start with Barrel Roll? Because I think that's the least controversial by far of the three games we played. <laughs> a bit of a we were talking about a little bit earlier. A bit of a weird week in terms of the games. It's three more or less game jam games. We didn't have any like capital G games this week. Uh, Barrel Roll. It's sort sort of like you know, it's a. Uh, like an N64 style uh, graphic browser game where the conceit is basically you're a jet, you have limited controls and you are just spiraling into a barrel roll and you have to kind of figure out how to control it within that to like accomplish small little tasks. Um, it's if you have motion sickness or anything like that, this game is probably horribly triggering for that. Like make you sick to your fucking stomach. I'm pretty good about stuff like that. And I, even I was like, Okay, this is making me a little dizzy right now. The one thing for me with it was I was like, why does it switch directions when you... So basically, it's like, when you're falling, you're always like falling 
to like slightly tilted to one angle but then if you start using your gas like pull up again and then you, you know, can start pull up in again. the game you start dude yeah. there's so much about oh this my god like, <laughs> this gameplay is killing me and then yeah i know what you mean you're barrel rolling and then when it hits the halfway point it'll flip so you know you're going left 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 and then you stabilize it'll it'll automatically turn right so you can never fully anticipate which way you're going right that's what you're saying and there's a you you also have like a perfect control to be able to like move the camera around and stuff like that which almost feels worse to me you You can move the camera what the fuck yeah yeah if you use your mouse you can kind of control where the camera goes i wouldn't even dream of doing that i couldn't (laughs) i don't even know why that's a feature my experience with the game i i hit shift it spins out immediately. I get motion sick. I rage quit the game. So I had to play this game yeah. three times. So like, I hop back in. I was like, okay, I got really upset. I had to take 20 minutes. I came back. I tried to play the game and just crashed into the ground for another, honestly, 15 or 20 minutes. And wow. Then, you really gave it a, a fair shake. Then I walked back. I, I like, again, had to take an hour off. I was like, I'm, I hate, I'm so <laughs> mad at, at, at Alex and Roth right now. This sucks. So I'm like in my kitchen and I get into a I feel like that this is a game like Bennett Foddy or uh, Ski Free. If you ever played that game, they're like, sure, intentionally hard to play. And so the mm-hmm. point of the uh, the point of the game is you kind of have to get into a little bit of a meditative state with how brutal this is. And you're like, cool. Yes, this is the thing I'm using to focus on my breathing right now. So I did that. And I want to say my roommate walked out to to make himself dinner and just saw me like fully being like, ah, ah. I was like so <laughs> mad, but I beat the game. You beat it. I oh beat my it. God. And when you beat the level, it tells you what your score is. Two out of the three levels, I beat the be- the dev's best time. Wow, Mike. So oh my goodness. Got no big deal. Damn good at barrel roll. <laughs> <sighs> took me three tries over the course of a day (laughs) that's incredible i played it i tried to play it maybe like i probably played it three times too well i know i played it three times but every time i pick it up like okay that's enough of that you're like okay this is good okay i just couldn't get over feeling bad playing it yeah that's the i played i beat the first level and then i started the second one and then was like well i'm gonna close this forever i played it (laughs) once and i was like no i'm not there's nothing in me that wants to even try and play this again that's where and that's that's the that's the the conversation around it too is like this is not a game that's uh made with any sort of reasoning behind it that will make you want to play it again necessarily unless you're someone who's into kind of the punishing nature of it because yeah. it's a game jam game they made it so uh i should read the, the yeah this was made in 48 hours i think exactly exactly the game is barrel roll it's by matthew lawrence it's an action simulation 3d arcade experimental difficult flight psx retro game description your jet has a terrible accident Fly only by spinning and pulling up. Made in 48 hours for VGDC 2020 Spring Game Jam. Theme, restricted movement. And as a theme centered around restricted movement, I think this did a pretty good job communicating something about how frustrating it is, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, as even the kind of game you would want to pick up and play on a browser that has a game loop that is interesting and fun and, like, kind of hooks you a little bit, it's, it's not that. It's just an experiment within this thing to see how you could do it. 
it feels like to me anyways. Yeah, it sort of seemed like the whole point was, can you make a game in two days? And the answer is technically, yeah. But mm-hmm. <laughs> we've played quite a few games that sort of fall along those lines um, like like this. This, I thought, was a pretty, I think it executed on its uh, core idea pretty well, which is, you know, I think always interesting and important is like, oh, it's. I think it's very frustrating, but like they know how frustrating it is. They they sort of yeah. accomplish the goal of like creating a restricted movement game that is like bizarre and and very strange. Mm-hmm. So, what do we think, guys? Are we a pass or a play on this, Brian? How do you feel? Um, I mean, I would pass. Like, yeah. I I can't. I don't know who I would recommend this to because it it yeah it does feel like there are like way more like i can't think i'm trying to think of any off the top of my head but like there's got to be better examples of like this kind of game but like they also made it in 40 the thing is i'm like they made it in 48 hours so i'm like what a you know this is a great achievement for like that time and for the the given the constraints i'm like oh yeah this makes sense yeah exactly exactly but am i you know am i gonna be like bumbling around you gotta you gotta play i tell my buddies in middle school to play this no Uh, Mike, how about you? So for me, I have a kinship with this game because growing up, whenever I had my dad had visitation, he would take us to his office building because it had the best internet. And so what he would use that for was to download music illegally off Napster. And so that's exclusively mm-hmm. what he would do. And then he would just let me and my three sisters roam around an empty office building for literally like eight eight or 10 hours while he's illegally downloading music and stuff. So on the games, they had shit like Solitaire, like Free Ski, like Minesweeper. And this is honestly, I would have loved this game if I was a kid trapped in my dad's office and I couldn't do anything else. But again, I feel like computers now are so modern that you could probably play Fortnite or something on someone's office computer. So no one will ever be in that situation I was in as a kid, you know, iPhone said you can play Fortnite on your iPhone. You know what I mean? So that's so that's such a funny point for a 90s kid trapped in their dad's office. This game is perfect. (laughs) Even for these types of games, it's funny because it's like the what is like the best restricted movement game? Is it like Temple Runner? Temple Runner is awesome. I mean, that's the thing. It's like this game could almost have been like be one of those types of games but it would have to i don't know what you would change yeah 100%. you'd have to like put, put like a seizure warning on it or something like that yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah motion sickness yeah seriously almost immediately I, I almost threw up within 30 seconds it's it's crazy you hit the start button and you're just spinning out immediately it, it it's it is truly awful um okay so that's mike would you say your final word it's it's a a play for a 90s kid trapped in your dad's office of any of any other uh, anyone situation, else it's a hardest of hard pass <laughs> <laughs> uh, me personally i love playing games like this just because like i i never imagine i'm ever going to check out something so bizarre and so strange i think as like uh a game executing on the theme of restricting movement it's it's interesting and and like fun but like 
I would never recommend this to someone unless they were like, do you know any games that are on the theme of restricted movement that were made in 48 hours? It's like, I actually have a, a great game for you. Like exactly <laughs> like that. Um, and this is it. Having said that, I, I was surprised at how nice the graphics looked um, and how just like nice it was to exist in the world when you weren't spinning like crazy. You know, if you, mm-hmm. there was a thing that happened every now and again where I'd like be a very high up in the sky and I'd run out of fuel. And then when you run out of fuel, you're just sort of coasting down for a while. You, I stopped like spinning like crazy. And that just felt nice to coast for a second and look around at like sort of the sunny day at this place. There's not much to look at, but I was just like, oh, the graphics are nice. It's okay. But uh, I'm a pass on this. You don't, you don't need to check this one out unless. What I you... will say is if you're comparing it to the other three games, this I would say is, is a pass for sure. <laughs> Um, let's move on to the next one. We'll start with, uh, order a pizza, a visual novel, um, <laughs> by rocket adrift, a visual novel, 2d comedy, hand-drawn, uh, Nana Reno 2019. So also a game jam game, pizza, psychedelic, uh, Ren P story, rich game description. This is our submission for the 2019 Nana Reno game, uh, game jam. It was made in the month of March. As a divorced dad, you learn through ex- exploring items in your apartment and navigate difficult conversations in order to find the perfect pizza. Um, so, you know, it's a visual novel, you're interacting, you're stuck in this one room the whole time. And there's two characters, really three characters when you think about it. Um, but it's, um, it's one of those games that's hard to talk about because if anyone out there is going to play it, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably just spoil it right now. So skip this if this seems like interesting to you, but it's a visual novel that's not, doesn't follow like a straight ahead kind of narrative. It, uh deals with like dream logic and like other realities a little bit and, and says a couple mm-hmm. interesting things within that. So it's not just your straight ahead, like, you know, relationship driven dating sim visual novel kind of thing where you are learning about someone's life and you're experiencing sort of a slice of life situation. There is a little bit more going on here. So if that sounds interesting to you, I would recommend playing this because it, it says something kind of cool. Now we are going to spoil it. Basically, you are this divorced dad who doesn't give a shit about his daughter and you're like introducing him to his, your girlfriend who you also don't give a shit about. And you're or trying to order the perfect pizza based on things that uh, they like, except you don't know anything they like because you don't, as the player don't have the information and because your character is shitty, they don't know it either. So you're sort of trying to take context clues from around the apartment to figure out what they want to order. And then things start to get weird is the the way I would describe it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, What did you guys think? It's sort of a Christmas Carol type of... Yeah, exactly. ...the error of your ways as it sort of goes through every playthrough. Here's the thing, Alex. The way you just described (laughs) it makes it sound cool in like a game I'd want to (laughs) play. Well, I thought it was cool. I was like, this is cool. I, I had a good time. Yeah, That's I did too. So funny but, because But Mike, it's it's because the the visual novels are definitely a genre that before playing the bundle, I didn't have a lot of experience with. And I've played a lot of bad visual novels that are just boring and like not interesting and not cool. And this game at least does something interesting and cool and you're in and out pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. uh, But you for listeners, you could not see Mike uh clutching the bridge of his nose in agony <laughs> while thinking about this game so mike please share share with us so i i think for me the biggest problem is 
I also like visual novel kind of games and I like dating simulator kind of games too. Oh, so I love it. I love the fact it. that, the, and again, the fact that this sort of takes a dark turn to me felt like they were trying to do something like Doki Doki Literature Club, which again, I would recommend it to you. You would get 30 seconds into the game and you'd be like, Mike, what the fuck is this? Why are you asking me to play this game? Mm-hmm. It, it seems at first on the surface, like you're a, like a, a a J dating simulator. You're the new kid at school and there's all these cute like girls and they want you to join their literature club, oh. right? And so you think it's going to be a game like that, but as you play it, it goes into a truly psychedelic... It goes into exactly what this game is attempting to do, but I would say right. in a way that is legitimately scary and legitimately really good commentary, I feel. So right. for me, I was like, oh, this game is just trying to do that because it came out right around the same time as Doki Doki totally. Literature Club. And, and, and then, oh. yeah, to me, it's just when I got to the ending of the game, I got really mad because it goes out of its way to sort of chastise the choice that you make at the very beginning. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, mm-hmm. that was the only kind of clever twist I saw at the whole point. I'm just going to, sorry, spoiler warning, but... At the very beginning, it's like, okay, what kind of pizza would be good for everybody? So I was like, oh, let me look around, look for all the clues. I know they're going right. to try to trick me. So it says that your girlfriend is allergic to jalapenos. Great. Not going to end up on the pizza. But turns out your girlfriend also has a gluten allergy and stupid you, you know, you didn't know that. But yeah. I, I truly went back to play the first round again you can't make the pizza gluten-free from the start. So you're forced into being a bad person no matter what you do, which is the part I thought was kind of lame because at the very end of the game, it's like, and by the way, always ask if somebody has a gluten allergy. I was like, motherfucker, you made me make that choice. Like I, I would have, I would have looked, I would have known. Like, so, well, and, and that's where this thing is a little bit on, not on the rails or, or where like the, or where the rails show from the beginning is like, some of these uh, dating sims, especially this one, it's just telling a story. There's really very little impact that you can have on it. You know, yeah. it's it's essentially a visual novel. You know, like like there's there's really any choice you make in it is minimal. To be able to like move ahead, you you make like these small choices, and it's very on the rails the whole time. So you're experiencing it exactly the way the person intended for you to experience it. One hundred percent. And I will say to give. I'm I'm harping on this game a lot, but I, I do think of the three games we played, this had the best graphics, this had the best music, mm-hmm. this had the best mm-hmm. interface, like everything about this felt more like a game. And I went and I looked into the company and I guess they're developing kind of their own visual novel dating simulator kind of game called, I think it's like Raptor High School or something, which I'll be honest, seems close to something like Dream Daddy Simulator or I think it's called Mont monster prom like those are the kinds of games i would have so much fun playing so i think this is probably them working out the kinks for this raptor game (laughs) this raptor (laughs) romance game they're developing or whatever so in that sense uh i good good on them but everything else about this really annoyed they yeah raptor boyfriend looks raptor boyfriend looks cute it looks cool Mm -hmm. yeah it looks fun right (laughs) yeah it does the art looks good too can i ask you guys a, a question when Please. it get when it gets kind of dark and they're like poison the pizza did you get did you guys do it yeah i did i did not i i 
I poisoned them every conceivable way before I, I like took off all the poisons and then I just put one poison on at a time. And then I tried different combinations and then I took all the poison off. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a secret ending, but I, I didn't find it. <laughs> I think there are different endings. I, po- I like... poisoned those women like 20 times thinking there was a secret <laughs> ending. I true. I felt so bad when I couldn't figure it out. The one thing I will say about this game that I actually thought was pretty cool was the actual takeaways kind of psychologically about why people were mad at you as for being a shitty dad. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't considered that angle about why she would be upset. It's like, this is our night, and now you made it about like her. Like, mm-hmm. why can't you just let... Like, I was like, oh, that's a really good point so when they were making those points that resonated with me so it is kind of a cheap trick to put you on this journey where you can't help but learn something because with the game you expect to learn something through the interaction and like doing things and this is just telling you a story um so in that way it's very manipulative because there's no way you can't feel anything other than what they're instructing you to feel because you don't have any agency but I did think the moral of it was like kind of nice. I don't know. Like I, I that sort of resonated with me of, of being like, yeah, I should be more conscientious of this person's feelings. And it, it wasn't fair for me to take away this thing that they look forward to all the time to try to like map it over with this other thing because I'm not being a good boyfriend as well as a good dad. I was like, damn, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I guess just as a natural empath who's never had a communication issue, like I, that just wasn't, there for me you know Uh, which is one of the reasons i was so glad to get your opinion on this it's just from the other side of like someone who never has issues yeah who's never just (laughs) put my foot in my mouth ever it was just like oh um so final thoughts pass or play i'll start i am a play oh Oh, go ahead other uh, the other thoughts i wanted to uh touch on with it is that i thought it was pretty funny at times too i like yeah back to i wanted to play through it again just to find some of the lines that I couldn't remember. Cause I was like, Oh, wait a minute. There was some, like some stuff that I was like, okay, like to me, this studio, like these people, I'm like, their voice is very clear, mm-hmm. which I don't think is always the case. And I feel like their sensibilities are all like, okay, well I know what the Raptor prom game is going to be like. And it's like, if I really, really like this game, I'd be like, Oh, well I'm definitely going to play. Yeah. This makes sense. So I thought that was like definitely an achievement. And I I will say I I also went back because I really did like the art. So the person who I think made the artwork, her name is Lindsay Rollins. Her Twitter handle is Lynn Rocket Adrift and her commissions are open. So if you want her to make artwork for you, she'll do it. There (laughs) you go. The creepy pizza guy was like, that's great. I thought that, yeah, that art was great. But the one line that I did write down was like, when you're like full on in the like dreamscape world, there's a moment where it's like, it's when everybody is like saying pizza and nobody can stop saying pizza. And the, the line was, when the moon hits my eye, it's a big pizza pie, but it's not a more. Like, <laughs> this is, I can't believe this got me. This is, this, was this, this speaks to me. That's so uh, great. <laughs> um, okay. So final thoughts. Uh, I'll start. I am a play on this one. This is a quick, a fun, silly little visual novel that packs a little more emotional heft than I was expecting to. It's like well constructed. It's 
you know, it's a, a nice uh, version of like of this, and it's over pretty quickly. Uh, so if you want to get more familiar with uh, Rocket Adrift's voice, I think this is definitely a fun thing to pick up, and I look forward to their next game. Um, uh, Michael, what about you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I had a lot of I had a lot of criticisms just as a, a fan of the genre, but I will say. If this if this showcases what they can do in a month, I think what they could do with a long with the their forthcoming project, I think this is really promising. So, I will say, yeah, it's a it's a play for me. Certainly, I would say the best of the three games in, in the bundle that we played this week. <laughs> I think, Brian, please um, take us. Yeah, home. I I would definitely say play also. It. Um, Playing these games this week too also made me realize like how many of these types of games I used to play. It's, I feel like it's almost like like it's like Mountain Dew to me now. Like where as a kid I drank so much Mountain Dew that I can't even touch it. So it's like now like when I play a visual novel type game, I'm like, oh this is okay. This when it's nice, I'm like, okay, this maybe I could do this again. But then I'll play a, another game like the other game that we're about to talk about, and I'll be like, no, no, no. No thanks. No, that's okay. <laughs> but for uh, or a pizza visual novel, I would say, uh, I would say play. Great, great, folks. That brings us to the last. Well, well, first of all, that's a triple play, which is you love to you love to hear it. Hmm. Yeah, this is um, this also has the distinction of this is the only game I played in the bundle that I didn't rage quit while playing. So. <laughs> so there's that triple play so, so, mike didn't rage quit he did on the other ones <laughs> here we go palm simulator 9000 by d marie a simulation twine game um text-based description pop simulator 9000 is a twine-based visual novel with illustrations centered on relaxation emotional vulnerability and turning into a dog there are three bad ends one pretty good end and one true end can you find them all do you want to um so, uh, yeah, Mike is unfortunately shaking his head now. Here's the thing about a game like this. I think a game like this comes out of a very specific kind of community of players who are looking for games that are like this. So I want to couch that like immediately because I don't think any of us fall into a community of people who would be especially into a story like this. Because it's yeah, essentially, yeah. I, you're essentially playing like, someone's fan fiction of like a fictional yes. universe that they created kind of a thing, you know, playing out. <laughs> yeah, there. I, I would like to start off and say it, any of my comments, I'm going to say no disrespect at all to the furry community. Yes. Yes. So, I, again, I, I think this is, and I, I feel like I'm going to drop a bombshell and then immediately walk away from it. But to me, this, this see, like, you're right. I think the twine, like visual novel type of community is very similar to like the GTA RP community where there's mm. just this whole super deep community where there's like all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And if you are to just jump in day one, it's totally insane. It doesn't make any sense. Right. And then I bet if you mm -hmm. were a fan of this, this would be cool. That said, yeah, I want to start by saying no disrespect, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to clown the shit out of this probably. And I apologize <laughs> well, I also... in advance. I'm sorry. I also just looked up what twine base mean. Cause I was like, what? what actually does this mean and that's the engine yeah, exactly the exactly visual. okay yeah. which i was like um okay this makes it's sense, a super but... simple like narrative text-based mm -hmm. adventure thing uh brian we played a game that that game yeah. we played was also a twine game what yeah that game oh that game was very cool in that terms of like what, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and also i think twine is one of those things 
where if you're looking into becoming a video game writer, making Twine-based video games is a, a very recommended way in. So if you're trying yes. to get good at that kind of stuff, this is a great place to start. That said, I feel like we truly were, walked in on like day one or two of somebody being like, hmm, let's let's see what this uh, program can do. This, uh, th- yeah, I mean, you're not really making a lot of choices in this game. You are sort of playing out like a lot of, I think, specific sort of narratives. Here's what I will say. I <laughs> actually enjoyed this game because I don't interact. Oh. I Whoa. don't, I know, I know. I that's don't the cra- interact. That's the craziest thing. <laughs> that's the real bombshell. I, yeah, d- I don't interact with these kind of worlds very much. And so as sort of just someone dropping in, checking it out and being like, oh, wow, it seems like there is a lot going on here I don't understand. Uh, I had a lot of fun just experiencing it sort of at the surface level and then like going on my way afterwards. Um, the writing's not especially good or, or or very good at all i i don't think i could to in good consciousness uh, recommend this to someone who wasn't already either like into stories like this or part of the community but as someone just like stopping by to take a look and then like being like all right this is what it was and moving on like it was fine i, I didn't like uh absolutely hate it or anything like that it's um, anybody that you could recommend this to either already knows what it is or yeah. It, like that's the thing it's like whatever this is but we, I, well, I should also say so the story behind it is you play this guy like we've been talking about it like circling around it for so long but but basically you're this it's set in a world in where where there are like mutants and like weird mushroom aliens the weird mushroom aliens show up and then people develop mutations people with mutations become sort of like part of a CIA FBI kind of thing. Like yeah, a man in black for like a Hellboy. Yeah. Type yeah. Of, yeah. Exactly. We can't, we're monsters, but catch the monsters kind of a thing. And, uh, you play this guy who can turn into a, a hellhound and also develop more mouths on his body, who is dating an autistic Gorgon type person that control things with their hair. Uh, they are dating each other. And it starts out sort but of like again, in the middle. But again, that's kind of, a, that's the arc oh. of the thing is him sort of realizing that that's the deal. Because at first it's kind dating? of like a, we kind of need to define what's happening here. It's, and yeah, then by exactly. the end, it's like, we're dating. We're in a relationship. <laughs> I honestly thought they didn't even know each other. <laughs> from the start. I, was I like, mean, the way it's written. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, they don't even, why are these people even interacting? They don't, they literally don't even know each other. That's uh, the same feeling I had starting it out. I was like, does she not like him or does he not like her? Um, This person created a world that they are into, or maybe it's a larger world that uh, I missed the cues on that other people are contributing fiction to as well. And they're all kind of piecing this thing together in this fictitious universe. But but that's the way it, it felt to me is like, there is just all this, presumptive knowledge that you sort of pick up along the way that is like it, oh i didn't know that like i guess i'm learning things about the world as we go along the world thing was so weird it it, it does it definitely does this thing that i feel like sometimes comic books do where it drops you into the middle of a scene that is really confusing and you're like what the fuck is going on so it's like the way it starts is diego shows up having just been stabbed and then shows up in the in the the the, his partner sort of begrudgingly bandaging him up 
and they're talking about it. And it's a lot of like, uh, they did it to you again. And you're supposed to be like, who are they? What is going on? Why did Diego get stabbed? What the fuck is happening? And so that scene goes on. It's confusing, right? It's supposed to be like a cold open. And then it proceeds to give you an exposition dump for like 900 slides that explains everything where it's like, you could have just started in the explanation, but instead we had to do this, this sort of cold open cliche. And then we're introduced into this world that, that simultaneously gives you too much information, but not enough relevant information. So you're just sort of like, Mm. okay, this like mushroom alien thing is kind of intriguing, kind of interesting is that what he got stabbed by? And then you get a chance to ask Diego, why were you stabbed? And he's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, give me a fuck. I don't want to click through 50 more slides to figure this out. Like I'm, I'm angry. <laughs> I think at that point, I, I that that's kind of, that was my, and first that's, what quit. that's what I mean. Also is like, is this the game that is like focused on the non mushroom fighting aspects of this world? Like, are there other, games or fan fictions or whatever it is that talk about that stuff because if so then it's like okay this makes a little more sense to me but as it was i was like we don't see any mushrooms in this whole fucking thing you know what i mean we don't understand the stakes of what it is that they're fighting or what's going on or anything like that it just feels so weird so strange and when it's... in part of the description of the game it says that there are over twenty three thousand words in the game which i looked up and that equates to about 40 pages of manuscript that to play the game you have to read. So while I during my first rage quit, I did that research and I was like, okay, Alex and Eric basically asked me to give coverage on a pilot on my day off. <laughs> like that's what I had to do. And I was I was I'll, I'll, it, it it made me be like, what did I do? Did I I need to work on my relationship with these guys because <laughs> unbelievable. This is not okay. I, and 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 I feel like they hurt me and I must have hurt them and how how can we move forward? And that's that Mike, was my I'll, main I'll be takeaway. I'll be so much more careful next time we have you on the podcast only to play sweet games about nice people or horny games or scary games. <laughs> I just want to be I, horny and get scared. Like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I I, I can't believe you guys finished it. I, as soon as he went into the bathroom and like there was the line where it's like he's looking in the bathroom and it's like, you've just upset your partner. And there's like it's this like, line. Hail to the king says, or some shit like hail that. Hail to the fucking king. And I was like, well, I'm going to close this immediately and not open it again. <laughs> like once um, I realized that you have to like read all of this like background stuff, I was like, oh my God, this is like exactly what I hate about flavor like flavor text or like like don't make me like don't give me the option to like possibly read about like the lore if like it's not worked into the game like i the chance of me like going off and reading it like drops so significantly because i'm like i didn't open a game so that i could like read about like random lore that like you know (laughs) yeah it it did sort of feel like you know, in Skyrim, they boast that yeah, all those all those books in the library, you can read them. And I remember reading yeah. them, being like, "That's so sad," because I'm never gonna do that. And they made someone write a yeah. book for a game that I was like, "Dude, I'm joining the thieves guild. I don't give a shit about this. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't care about this library." Uh, 
I read so many of those books, and at the time, <laughs> I really wished that they had an app that would update with the books you had in Skyrim on your phone, oh. so I could read them on the fucking train when I actually, because I, I was the same way. It's like, I don't want to sit in front of my fucking TV and read books as much as I like reading some of these things and learning about the world. It that was is... frustrating. <laughs> to just, uh, what I'm hearing is two different kinds of frustration about Skyrim yeah. books. <laughs> Yep. Um, we haven't even gotten to the my biggest gripe with the game. Please. Or really, my only gripe with the game is that it's supposed to be a palm simulator, but you're you're it's just you're not really a, it's not really a simulator. It's you just for instead of turning into a hellhound, Diego turns into a Pomeranian and that unlocks new facets of his relationship and allows him to be vulnerable and sweet and all this sort of stuff. That this he was never able to before. Of... Which, oh. correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, because it sounds like you did way more reading than I did. Um, he can turn out of a Pomeranian whenever he wants to. He's not, like, trapped or anything, right? No, it's from just what I understand. It's this time he can transform into a Pomeranian. So there's no real stakes to it. He's just like, oh, this is humiliating. I keep doing it. But he can fully stop whenever he wants Yes, but there's deep psychological trauma there that he's dealing with, you know, about like not being able to protect people and being like not tough and all the sorts of stuff that he has to let go of. And that's when the game gets interesting. There were times when I played it when I was really touched, actually, because what they were describing stopped feeling fan fiction and actually started feeling like a sweet, like, you know, relationship game where they're actually exploring stuff. And that's the part I, I enjoyed. It's just that to get there was so frustrating. Um, and, and on top of that, the way the Twine game was built, um, there are so, like you, there's very few choices that you can make that will actually end the game, but there are choices you can make. And at one point, I played about halfway through and then had to like restart my computer for whatever reason. And so I was like, oh, there's no continue function, which is annoying. So I was clicking through to get back to where I was. And at one point, I clicked a different choice than I had made the time before and it ended the run. It was like, it's it, it, so like, I was like, Oh shit. That means I have to start at the beginning again and click through back to where I was and then keep on going past there. And that was pretty annoying. I'm not going to lie. The other thing uh. about the layout of the game that was a little bit frustrating is the, you know, cause again, if I'm ostensibly just reading and it's like a choose your own adventure novel, I think the way to get to the next page should be in the same spot every time. But the fact was mm -hmm. it would like the highlighted word that I had to hit sometimes would be a third of the way through the page. And then I have to keep reading and then move my cursor to click it or whatever. And that was just a, I was already upset. I would have say I read for like 20 minutes and then I just started clicking stuff. And then it took me about another, honestly, 30 minutes of literally just clicking and skimming the page to get to the end of the visual novel or whatever. So these huge sweet sections that Alex is talking about. I also did not read because I was skimming it. I was really <laughs> upset. Uh... <laughs> thought that we hated him when we didn't hate him. We were just maybe trying to have him learn a lesson about, you know, being sweet and being so tough, being such a tough boy all the time. You don't. sometimes you can be a Pomeranian. You don't always have to be a hellhound, Mike. <laughs> but how can I, protect those that i love if i'm not a hell <laughs> that's true that's very true diego uh had a point um well i don't want to belabor the point any further uh 
I am a pass on this one. This is like you don't you don't need to pick it up and play it. It's like a, a thing. Having said that, I did enjoy a lot of aspects of it, and I hope the uh, author, if they hear this, uh, will continue creating stuff because uh, you you know there, there's like some real promise in here. Uh, I did I like did look into the person. Her name is uh, her handle is D Marie uh, Lacera, and pronouns on Twitter mm-hmm. are she her, and it seems like she's got a lot of kind of graphic novels, visual novels, that kind of thing. She's got a Patreon, got a bunch of stuff you can support. So I think she's in the middle of an active project. I, I, I don't recall what it is, but so it seems like when I clicked on her her uh, her page, she had tons of stuff associated with it. So I think she's a pretty prolific creator. Which is great. So we might have read some, it was from a while ago, or, you know, they just tossed in the bundle to sweeten the deal. And we appreciate people contributing the bundle. Um, Brian. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's definitely a pass for me, but that's only to say it's like uh, you know, it, it's only like I'm thinking about all the the high school teachers who like don't get to pass on things, like, you know. They have to read their students fan for it, you know. This some people it, and for them, I say I'm glad that you played the game of being a a, a teacher. Um because yeah i the more that i think about it the more i'm like i feel like i can't even really comment on it because i it does it feels like i'm commenting on like a high school student's like english paper where i'm like why am i even reading this how did i get this (laughs) i love it Um, so so i'm a pass but i wish uh her all the best and i you know i you know keep writing please don't listen to this only the only the the creator of the game anybody else is allowed mike yeah so here's the i'm gonna take us on a little bit of a long walk to to get to where i'm going but here here's the deal so i played the game about 30 minutes into 20 30 minutes into sincerely trying to read the the novel do the game for the podcast i got pissed off and i took about a seven hour break Okay, so in that seven hours, I called my stepdad. We had a lovely chat. I like went for a long walk. I called a friend. That friend gave me the ability to, you know, apply for a job that would be pretty big for me. That would be pretty cool. That was great. You know, put another way, I got to live my life and it was rewarding. And I was so grateful for, for doing it after the experience that I just had. And then on my walk, I had sort of a think about what is what constitutes a game. You know what I mean? What 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 about this is a game? You know what I mean? I was like, is it hunting for red words on a black background? Because if so, I guess, yeah, that was a game and I played it. But what the game did to me and made me think about in terms of like myself, you know, my desires, my passions, what makes me happy, you know, that this game did that for me in a way that honestly the last of us also did. So in that sense, this game had the same emotional impact that the last of us two had on me where I walked away kind of an emotional wreck, but like thinking about my life and being grateful for it. So in that sense, although it wasn't what the author intended, I still did it. All that said to pass, this game sucks, but you know, like just all that said, like, such an effective emotional message that it truly got me to live my life for the moment, which again is what I think is the point of the game. 
All right, folks, there it is. Uh, that's uh, there's also barely any artwork in a visual novel. Yeah, I know that bum that bummed me out so much. It's a twine game. I don't think you could get away calling this a visual novel. Um, Brian and Mike, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, where can folks find you online? Is there anything going on that you want to plug? Um, in terms of places to find me online, I I'm really trying to pare down online <laughs> stuff. I'm really <laughs> if you listen to this and you're like, oh, I wonder where I could find him. Just just take the time that you would spend looking me up and just don't go on Instagram or Twitter or any just <laughs> Wow. Take that time and just close your phone. Blessed, what a blessed guy. Yeah, and that's it. You can find uh, you can find Brian's sketches online. He's very yeah. Funny. There's some sketches if you're dying to watch some like um, it, some very low budge uh, sketches. There, those are on uh, my YouTube. And for Michael, me, please. honestly, I, I can't find it. I feel so bad. I, I'm hunting for it right now. But I would say instead of following me on any social media platform. You should follow my friend Claudio Saavedra on Twitter. Like, I think he's so funny. <laughs> former former bundle guest. Uh, yeah, Claudio I think he's Saavedra. just so funny. And his tweets just don't get any likes. And I think that's really sad. And I know it seems like I'm probably making fun of Claudio that his tweets should be getting more likes. But honestly, I just think it's because not enough people know about him. So go out there, seek out Claudio. I'm giving away my plug to him because I think his tweets are that good. Wow. What a guy. Well, thank you both so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Alex. Love thank to you, have Eric. You back we soon. miss you. Yay. We miss you. Thank you. So, that was a wow. great episode of Bundle Bunnies made all the better by no Eric Roth. Wow. Alex, you know what? I think that you're getting really good at this. I wholeheartedly agree that we sure are. Next week, we got the wonderful Rachel Ferguson. She's a returning guest, our second ever. Well, I guess after Brian, our third ever returning guest, although Brian was not really a returning guest. He was a first time co-host. Uh, this is when when it gets real deep into the into the Bundle Buddies lore. And, and <laughs> exactly. Our scribes. <laughs> yeah, everyone's scribbling away back there. Um, yeah, very uh, Rachel rules. <laughs> she's so great and she's so excited to talk about video games and it's like she's so she's such an unbelievably talented and wonderful person that whenever she and she does so much cool shit whenever she takes time to just talk with us about this mutual love we all have it's it's so fun it it's also so nice. makes me feel like such a like uh like i know nothing you know what i mean like yeah, she has totally. like and it's such an encyclopedic knowledge of video games in so many ways uh very very rad very great very great combo and the guests the guests oh god the games we're playing i haven't uh, i've been talking to eric a little before i haven't been getting a lot of sleep lately i don't know what's going up going up going on i'm waking up at like uh 3 a.m every night i go to bed at like 10 11 wake up at 3 a.m and then i'm like tossing and turning until i get up at 6 30 it's, it's miserable folks if you're if you're still listening to this part of the podcast and to like long enough, uh, hashtag get some rest, Alex. <sighs> Twitter, and uh, well, and we'll retweet you. 
I'm not resting yet because our games this week are Pet the Puppy at the Party by Will Herring, a 3D arcade first-person low-poly art game, Circuit Infinity from Kenny Sun, a 2D platformer art game, and then Interactive Portraits, Trans People in Japan by Zoyander Street, an educational LGBT Pico 8 story-rich interview game. That's it. Like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there and track us down on the web at bundle underscore buddies on Twitter. Alex, it's been a hoot and a half, my friend. It's been a holler from y'aller. <laughs> I love you, buddy. I love you, too. Bundle Buddies is produced by Alex Honnett and Eric Roth. Our theme song is Neo Shiki by Roll Music. Email bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com to say hi. Hi. Yep. <laughs>